I never saw such a woman. She would certainly be a fearsome thing to behold. Ladybird. Well, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. Hello, and welcome back to this episode of the Film Girlies podcast. I'm Fiona. And I am Emily. We are here to discuss one, I think it's fair to say one of our fav- maybe favorite directors, well, like a director we both just really like. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Wes Anderson as his new movie, Asteroid City, just premiered this past month. It's very, very exciting. Yes, very exciting. Wes Anderson is a director that I've, I haven't, I definitely have not seen all of his work or nearly enough of his work. So I'll make that disclaimer now. I feel like a lot of the stuff I've seen is, his newer things like anything post fantastic mr fox i have seen i believe i don't know what the chronological order of his films releases are but yeah wes anderson is a director that we both really adore and we've always admired his storytelling and visual style so we thought why like it's perfect time to just talk all about wes anderson and asteroid city which we saw Last Friday, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah. Sorry, I was just fact-checking to see which ones you've seen based on, like, years, you said. Okay, was I correct? Um, like, so wait, what, you, what did you say? You said you haven't watched. I haven't seen... Okay, I'll tell Anything? you the ones I, I... I'll tell you the ones I have seen, okay? Okay. I have seen... Uh, Isle of Dogs, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest, French Dispatch... Moonrise Kingdom, and Asteroid City. Girl, you're missing literally all of the best ones. I know I am. Okay? I know. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't seen them yet. I They're all on Disney+. Plus. Like, I don't have an excuse. I just haven't gotten around to them yet. No excuse. No excuse. I've seen everything but Isle of Dogs and Rushmore. I feel like Isle of Dogs is... It's, a, it's an okay. It's okay. It wasn't like, whoa... But, you know, it was an okay one. You can live and, without seeing that, yeah. I think. Well, no, I can't, because I need to have a complete... I need to have seen everything he's ever made. Um, but I'm going to watch Rushmore soon, I think, because I'm in the Jason Schwartzman era, recent, like, recently, as of Friday. Um, so I need to watch that, and I will get around to it. But yeah, Emily, you're missing some of the best ones. I know, I've always wanted to see Life Aquatic, because I've always heard such good things about it, and it looks so cutesy. I just haven't gotten around to it yet, but I will. I will soon. I promise. I the will. Royal, yeah, the Royal Tenenbaums also is like a bit life changing. I believe so. that. Didn't you watch? Am I mistaken, or did you see that one like kind of recently? Um, I can check the date. I reviewed it on Letterboxd. You are mistaken. I am sorry. I am mistaken. You saw this in 2021, so that is not recent. <laughs> <laughs> That is not recent. May 18th, 2021. We were about to graduate, girl. What was going on? Don't even worry about me. Gotcha. Okay. How do I see my own review on Letterboxd? There it is. I watched the Darjeeling Limited last December, so that was more recently. Maybe I was thinking Maybe that's that what you were one. thinking of. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know, girl. But oh, yeah, oh, I don't I've know. Seen most of them. I don't I need to like locate all of his shorts because I do I would like to watch those as well. I think it would be fun. 
I just, I trust Wes Anderson with my life. He's such a silly, fun little man, you know? I feel like it would be cool to dig into his short films to kind of see the progression of his aesthetic. Like, how early in his filmmaking career did the symmetry begin, you know? Like, was it something right from the start, or was it something that kind of developed over time? I don't, I don't remember know. completely, because I did watch Bottle Rocket. I watched Bottle Rocket, like, over a year ago, so it's not super fresh in the memory, but it's very fun, and you can definitely, it was, like, his first feature film, and you can definitely see a lot of it, like, like his influences, like, start, I guess, like, you can kind of see um, him play with, like, color and cinematography and whatnot, um, and then he just kind of just goes crazy after that, which I love. I love him for it. I do want to watch Rushmore, because mm-hmm. then I can, like, see kind of, because I feel like that... Is it bigger than... I think it was a little more popular than Bottle Rocket. I don't know. I don't actually know. Do not quote me on anything that I say. I haven't watched a movie of his that I'm like, I don't like this. You know, there's some that I don't love as much as the others, but like, I haven't watched anything I don't like you. That's bad. You know? Yeah. Like, I think for me, the two that I maybe like didn't like love as much were Isle of Dogs and French Dispatch. They just didn't hit. But... I can still appreciate them as works of art. You know what I mean? Like, Wes Anderson, I feel as though he's a filmmaker who can't make something that's awful. Mm-hmm. Like, I know directors who can make things that are awful. You don't think that they can, but they can. I'm looking at you, Ari Aster. I knew that um, was coming. Emily's betrayed, was betrayed by I him. feel so betrayed, y'all. Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to make something that I truly despise because he has such a coherent style and consistency within that that when you walk into a Wes Anderson film it's reliable you know a little bit about what you're getting and you're gonna like that little bit but there's still a lot of room for exploration and yeah like it's not it's consistent but it's not 110% predictable if you know what I mean yeah I agree I mean, I I liked the French Dispatch a lot more than you did, but also I barely remember it. It was a while ago, so I found that issue a lot. I remember watching something really liking it at the time, and then I kind of decide how much I like it now based on how much I remember of it. Like I don't remember much of it now, but if I think about the Darjeeling Limited, I feel like I watched it yesterday almost. You know? Yeah, it's like how well does this film stick with you? Yeah, because I think a film that sticks with you is a film that is well done. Mm Hmm. Um, or really badly done. Like, it, you know, a film that sticks with you is going to land on one more extreme end of the spectrum, whereas, which I always respect more than films that kind of just live in the middle, where they're not as memorable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're okay, but they didn't really take any risks. That's not just, that's just not super interesting for moviegoers in general. It's kind of boring. It's like, take a risk, do something different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he said his next project is he's making like a series of I think it's going to be like an anthology film sort of deal with a few short films inside of it um, based on like road doll stories, which will be fun. And after that, he said he's going to make, a, I think, I don't I want to say like crime heist. I forget exactly what the term was he used, but it's going to have Benicio Del Toro is the star of it. And he's going to be in every single shot of the movie, which I think is just a really cool idea you know just have like your protagonist in every single shot of the movie that's fun i think the anthology film 
style from Wes Anderson would be really interesting. I've only ever seen one proper film anthology. It was Wild Tales, directed by Damien Safran. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but it was so... I watched it on movie for Movie May a couple of years ago, and I did not know anything about what it was about, but I thought the cover looked cool, so I was like, okay. And yeah, I, I loved it, and I loved the idea of an anthology, and glad that introduced me to it so i think seeing one from wes anderson would be really cool well fiona what are we what are we here to do today well we've kind of discussed where the vibes are at on mr anderson so we thought we would get into our top three wes anderson's like our personal top threes um that is keeping in mind that we have not seen all of them and that we also have not watched them all very very recently so Everything we say is um, probably going to change in the next year <laughs> as we either watch more of his movies or um, just our lives change. You know, I think it's very valid that your favorites of something can change once your life is changing with it. So we thought we'd start off with um, we share a favorite on this list. At least, okay, I don't know all of them in this list, but I know that we share at least one favorite. And that favorite would be his newest film, Asteroid City. It it's just so spectacularly Wes Anderson in both like a stylistic way, but also I feel like in like his thematic and emotional like um, consistencies as well. Like I feel like he did, he sticks to the same ideas that he usually does, but he still presents them in like such an interesting way. And I think this one has a whole like ele- like elevated part to it of how it's a story. It's a play within uh like a it's a movie about a tv show and the tv show is about the making of a play and then you also watch the play so there's so many layers to it but it's so fun and i don't know if i explained it very well but like it makes sense when you're watching i swear brian cranston is doing his silly little tv hosting duties and it's so fun and um so you're seeing all these actors and like that you recognize but then also in this film you know that they they're playing actors themselves you know like jason schwartzman is an actor who's playing the character of Augie in the play Asteroid City. But he's also Jason Schwartzman in a Wes Anderson movie. So you have like all of the layers of like, he just knows how to convey, I think. He was my favorite part of the movie, I think. He just knows how to convey things in such a strange, little, devastating way, if that makes sense. I think this movie plays a lot with storytelling and why we tell stories and how we tell stories kind of with what Fiona was saying about how it's framed as a play and TV show. Like there's lots of different elements and methods of storytelling happening within this one movie. Um, And I think especially for a director who's made how many films at this point, like over 10, I don't know. I can't count. Um, (laughs) Or do math. But yeah, like it's such a, it's an interesting opportunity to play with the the why do we tell stories and how do we tell them and what makes a story fun and what makes a story endearing. And also I feel like that's something, it really resonated with me because that's something I've been asking myself a lot recently, like as an artist in space, in the world, I don't know, whatever, is just like, as a musician, how am I telling stories? I won't get into too much of the personal stuff, but it did really resonate with me on that front. Cause that's also like a journey that I've been 
and like a question that I've really been playing with. And there was this one specific line and I wanted myself to, I was like, we have to remember this because I want to put it in my letterbox review. And also I want to talk about the podcast um, where I won't like, I won't give any context as to not like spoil it. But um, one character says, I still don't understand the play. And the other character says, you don't have to just keep telling the story. And I just thought that was so sweet and so lovely and also just again kind of speaks to art and also life you don't always understand the art always and you don't always understand life always but you keep doing it anyway and it was so wonderful it was and that one particular line I think kind of sums up what I what I was really loving about this movie um I'd also love to like talk Fiona about the comedic bits which I thought really worked in this, so did everyone in our theater. Um, people were laughing at times where I was like, why are we laughing? Like, I didn't really get it all the time. But this was this was a giggly endeavor for a lot of the people in our theater and for me as well. It was absolutely hilarious. There's just one song about an alien that a child sings. And again, I won't give context, but I was... That was hilarious. I was laughing out loud. And I think this is maybe the hardest I have laughed in like a Wes Anderson film in a really long time because he always plays the comedy and he's always had comedy. But I just really thought it was really successful in this one. Fiona, do you have anything to add about the comedy in this one? I agree. It was just so funny. I feel like his movies are such a... I feel like they exist in their own little world of comedy as well because you can have a character say the most devastating line in the entire world but like you're also like laughing a little bit because like the context they say it in or just like what you know about their character even the line itself it might just be like a joke with something horrific layered underneath you know and I feel like this one does that so well because you can I think Asteroid City you can watch it and you can I think And a lot of people in our theater, when you said they were laughing at the weird points, I think a lot of people can watch this movie and take it as like, oh, classic Wes Anderson, bright colors, silly, goofy, funny little world, funny little characters. And you can still have a wonderful time watching it like that. You can have like the time of your life. I'm not discounting that. But I think you can also watch it and be like, what is this man gone through in his life to make something (laughs) that is so... um, I feel like he just deals with grief in such an interesting way and grief and also like childhood. I think I feel like especially this one just kind of um, how people interact with each other when they're in different time. It's sort of like a hor- horrible scenario for them. I mean, like they're spoilers like a little bit, I guess. I don't think they're too big. Um, you're, they're all trapped in Asteroid City because they saw an alien and they need the government needs to cover it up and so they're trapped there like that's not something fun that you want to be in you know and I think it's just such an interesting comedy bit like that's funny on the surface and then you're watching the characters go about their day-to-day lives and you're like is this that funny but like it is because like they're being so silly but like also something, something else is going on here it's so silly strange goofy I just adored it I thought it was exactly what I wanted to watch and it's not what I expected of the movie I didn't I think I wouldn't have liked it as much if it didn't have the play element because that 
you could enjoy Asteroid City, the play, and the little desert town and all the characters. We could also enjoy, like, almost Wes Anderson showing his thought process while writing Asteroid City outside of it and showing his writers and his directors and his actors that contributed to the play in a way that kind of shows, like, his artistic process, I could say, or, like, how how you can find a very much like a much deeper meaning behind something or you can just not like as Emily said with the quote like you don't have to understand the play you can just you can just tell it you don't have to understand Augie doesn't have to like the actor for Augie doesn't have to understand everything that's happening to Augie personally and why he acts the way he acts he just has to tell it and you'll still have a great time yeah and kind of to Fiona's like I just want to say, I don't want to discount anyone's movie experience. If you go in this and laugh at every single line, do it. I don't, I don't care. Laugh whenever you want. I just, I think I was taking different things from it than like perhaps some of the people around me were. I will, however, say just because I can, because this is our podcast, that the people, if you were sitting in seats G9 and G8 at the Cineplex North Edmonton Theater, on Friday, July 21st at 7.30, I heard your homophobic comment. And I hope you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> okay, extremely mild spoiler. Uh, I won't even say which characters, but two male characters kiss. In a scene in which I could, both Fiona and I could sense some tension between these characters. Like, it very much made sense that they were going to kiss or, like, share some kind of moment before the scene was over and these people were like again they're laughing they're like having a great old time in the theater but then as soon as these two men kiss they go well that changed tone quickly and I was like hello what huh like it's giving homophobia you know what I mean and I was just like I don't know it made me laugh because it wasn't a change in tone I think they were just uncomfortable with the kiss and it was really funny they were also reading every single title card so if it said like intermission or epilogue or something because you know the film plays with that a bit they would read it out loud I was like thank you so much um I paid for the movie theater experience to hear you read that out loud actually thank you so much uh anyways that's my that's my tidbit. Oh, the movie theater experience <laughs> is so funny every single time. I don't think I've ever gone to the movie theater and not been like weirded out by something. Because even when I go into like an almost empty theater, someone does something silly goofy. You know, like it could be me and like one other person and something will strange will still occur that I will think about for the rest of my life. You know, like when I saw Infinity Pool with two random men and they were three rows down and I kept laughing at things and they were just dead silent the entire time that was strange that was strange on them Alexander stars are pretending to be a dog funny funny you don't get it sorry if you don't get it um but yeah everyone in the theater was enjoying it Wes Anderson has a millennial market let's say that <laughs> he has a millennial market and that's okay but the, I think the millennials were taking just different things from this than I was. And again, that's okay. I think that's the power of art and movies is that we get to have a shared experience, but we also get to have 
very different experiences simultaneously. And I think that's very beautiful. Very, very gorgeous. Well, speaking of film and art, I'm looking for a segue. Fiona, what else? <laughs> uh, what is number two? We didn't rank these, by the way. Yeah. We just decided to pick three and we're going to talk about them. What is what is your next pick for us on your top three, Wes Anderson? Um. Okay, so my next one would have to be Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think it's just... You have that one too? I also have Fantastic yeah, Mr. Fox on oh here. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about it. I think I, I think our last ones are different though. I, I think so as well. Yeah. Just because, again, you've seen a lot more than I have. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Fantastic Mr. Fox is just so... It's just so well made. It's such a, like an engaging story. And I really... I really love little heist movies and it's like sort of a heisty vibey thing and the stop motion is just so gorgeous and the voice acting is incredible I don't know I just love it like I feel like I can't even like there's not a single thing I can complain about it's just so beautifully perfect and cute and yeah I just adore it I love it very much I remember watching this movie for the first time I was at my aunt's house and I was like a child because I was I think I was like pretty young when it came out um, and we started watching it and my sister was like, she's three years younger than me. She was, so she was quite young when it came out. Um, and she was kind of freaked out by the animation style. So we actually had to turn it off because she, like, I think the foxes freaked her out or something, which I can also understand. I think anim- animation is a medium. It is not a genre. I will repeat that from the rooftops. I think kids totally can watch this movie, but I think when I have rewatched it as an adult or like not an adult as like a young adult, as an older teenager, I pick up different things from it. Um, which is also a cool thing about movies and art is as Fiona was talking about earlier, we grow older and different things resonate with us differently. And yeah, it's so, it's just so fun. And I love watching it in autumn because aesthetically it is so autumn. If I had to give this movie a Taylor Swift album it would be red Taylor's version obviously but it's so autumn I don't I I I love it because it's autumn thank you for tuning into our podcast today I am incredibly descriptive but yeah I it's so cute it's adorable it's heisty it's funny I need to rewatch it, actually. I feel like I haven't seen it. That's what I'm thinking of. Like, I need to rewatch this thing. Something about George Clooney in a heist movie. Like, he just can't... He can't lose with George Clooney in a heist movie. Ocean's Eleven fans, where are you at? We need to start respecting Ocean's Eleven as the best heist movie ever made. And you can't disagree with me, because I'm right. I, I can't disagree with you, because I haven't seen it, so... Exactly. <laughs> Wait... You know I haven't seen Ocean's Eleven. No, I forgot. Oh my gosh, this is horrific. Everyone, Film Girlies podcast canceled until Emily watches the Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I feel like this podcast is basically like, Fiona has seen every movie ever, and Emily's seen like a few of them that she's very passionate about, and then they're just gonna like, ramble. And I have actually, listen. I have seen every single movie ever. Fantastic Mr. Fox is like the most autumn movie ever. 
next to Dead Poets Society and Goodwill Hunting. Those three movies are so Emily is shaking her head because she doesn't like Goodwill Hunting and she has never have you seen Dead Poets Society? Not yet, but I really want to see it. Like it looks so good and I know it's gonna destroy me and I know it's gonna be good. I just wanna watch it. But I did not like Goodwill Hunting. Will Hunting is a bad person. I don't know why we have empathy for him. He treats women poorly. Argue in my DMs. I don't care. I will not argue in your DMs because I don't have the energy to argue that. Um, I just disagree. That's all you have to know. <laughs> um, but those are like my little fall movies. I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. It really is excellent. It's so excellent. Okay. Yes. Um, do you want to go with your last one, Emily? We have different final films on our Yes, top I know so we will have go. different final films. Yeah. And again, I would the next movie that Wes Anderson released, I'd love to circle back and see what our top three will end up being once I've seen more. But as of right now, the last one in my top three is the Grand Budapest Hotel. I love the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think it's a basic, if not very common choice, but I think that's, it's a very common and very basic choice for a reason because it's very, it's a very solid and strong film. I think it was one, aside from like, fantastic mr fox as a child the first 30 minutes of it i saw before we had to shut it off it was the first time that i had like sat down to watch a wes anderson and everything especially with the visual style i find all of the pink especially in this just absolutely gorgeous the visual style is stunning uh same with asteroid city and i will i'm just gonna go on a like a quick blurb about my appreciation for films that honor the craft and honor the artists that put so much work into these films. Like every shot that you see in every single movie that you watch, especially these ones, like someone probably painted something, someone sewed something, someone spent hours on like a tiny little detail. And that's really present in these films. And I also feel like there's such an appreciation towards it. And I think Grand Budapest Hotel just visually is one of my favorites from him. Probably visually my favorite, like, period. And there's such a heart to it. I think it's a really, it's a story that's going to resonate with you no matter who you are. Like, I think anyone I know who has seen it, it it, it has, it struck a chord with them in some way. I think it's just a very, it's a very beautiful story. It's very touching. And it's paced well. Like, it doesn't not super long but it also doesn't like feel like it's runtime like I've had I kind of had that issue with French Dispatch where I was like is it over yet like I, I had some issues with the pacing on that one but I just I think it is it is the Wes Anderson if Asteroid City isn't like I think like if I had to rank them Asteroid City and Grand Budapest are probably like fighting for number one right now but I you know I'd have to do a rewatch but I think it's just it's a gorgeous story and it is a gorgeous film. And if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. It is just absolutely stunning. And I guarantee you'll enjoy it. And if you don't, then again, my dear, I'm just like, I'm going to instigate fights on this podcast now. Like I, I need to stop telling people to like jump into my direct messages and start issues. I need to stop calling out specific people at a movie theater, but that's okay. 
That's fine. Fiona? Yes. What is your last pick for Wes Anderson? Tell us about it. Okay. I've actually spent the last, like, how long we've been recording? I spent the last 40 minutes deciding whether or not I should edit last week's episode or watch the Darjeeling Limited tonight. And I think I'm going to watch the Darjeeling Limited again because it is so beautifully fantastic. I have not watched it in a while. And so I feel like I cannot articulate every thought perfectly about it. But um, my letterbox review literally just says that this movie feels like home. And it's so true because it's about these three brothers who are... They have not spoken to each other in, like, ages, and they're back together on a sort of, like, family adventure type deal on the Darjeeling Limited, which is, like, a train going through India. And so they explore the culture while also just exploring their own grief and their own lives and happiness and where each of them have, like, ended up as people, sort of, at this time in their life. They call it, like, they're on, like, a spiritual quest or whatever. And so it's just so, like... There's so many wonderful characters in it. Um, Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, and Jason Schwartzman play the three brothers, which is kind of life-changing, like, not even gonna lie. Those three, as, like, their dynamic altogether is so incredible. It's just such a... Ugh, it's such a depressingly beautiful movie. And it's so still so silly and happy, but also you're just like, you kind of want to die the whole time. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I just adore it so much. I feel like it's one of his least popular one not like because of bad just because like people haven't seen it that much I feel like because it came out after it came out in 2007 so it's like not Grand Budapest Hotel Fantastic Mr. Fox weren't things yet and so it was kind of like a smaller deal I guess but it's just so spectacularly family and I yeah I just want to watch it again so I think I will be doing that tonight because it's just so ugh it's so good. I love it. I can't even put it into words. I don't know. Something about it. I feel like, well, I do love the Grand Budapest Hotel and like Royal Tenenbaums and Aquatic, like Life Aquatic. Those movies, I feel like when I think about them, I can't remember much about them. You know, like I don't think about them that often. But I feel like it's, whenever I think about Wes Anderson, I think about Darjeeling Limited like first. Like it's automatically where my mind goes. So I think it's just really, yeah, important to me, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know why. That was the thing when I watched it too. I was like, why is this ruining my life right now? Like I didn't I had not had my life ruined by a Wes Anderson movie before and I wasn't really ready for it. And then I was like, Oh cool, this is like the best movie ever I've ever seen. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I think it's been I've really enjoyed how Wes Anderson Ooh. I've really enjoyed how Wes Anderson has played with grief in the movies that I've seen him direct so far. So if that's plot point or an element in that one then yeah i'm excited i was excited to see it regardless but very very interesting indeed 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 well those are our top three films i guess this ended up being maybe a bit of a shorter episode because like we had two of the same ones in our top three uh so you had less chatta 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 from your girlies today but fiona do you have anything else to add before we wrap up today um i was put on this earth to be maya hawk in asteroid city oh she was so good in that okay rewind i loved (laughs) her in that i loved her in that so much i love maya hawk she's my favorite nepo baby 
literally right. nepo no nepo baby to end all nepo babies she is the nepo baby to end all nepo babies like, like uma thurman and ethan hawk hello two of the most life-changing movie stars of my whole life like honestly both of their like movies from both of them have like in my like top ever um so yeah my hawk in asteroid city she is me she is little school teacher who falls in love with a cowboy wearing double denim i love that man as well that is so you actually like you're studying education and you live in calgary yeah like that is so that's so you unfortunately it's my destiny i think i think so too i need to get maya hawk's outfit in that movie i loved her little yellow dress it was so cute Ah, so cute she's so so cute she's so so cutesy so cutesy no i love maya hawk she is She's my favorite Nepo baby. I also love her music. Very off topic, but she has oh. a couple she has a couple albums out and they're actually just lovely to listen to. Nice. They're they're gorgeous. And yeah, no, I totally I didn't forget that she was in this. I just forgot like how much I I enjoyed her in this. I enjoyed her in this deeply. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and if you love Margot Robbie, you should go watch Asteroid City. <laughs> Margot if you Robbie. love yep. any actor who's ever done a movie, you should go see Asteroid City. Because yeah, they might be there. in it. Everyone and their mom is there. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, we Margot even got in Tom Asteroid Hanks. City was life-changing. Life-changing. We even got Tom Hanks in here. Tom Hanks. Jeff Goldblum. We have Tilda Swinton. We got um, Hong Chow. She's here. Yep. Edward Willem- Norton? Oh my god. Edward, Edward Norton's Norton. here. Willem Dafoe is here. Like Every so- single person ever. So everyone should just go see Asteroid City because it is factually the best movie playing in theaters right now. It is so lovely. Go do yourself a favor and see this in a theater with other people and have a laugh or don't have a laugh. Just let yourself experience some, some movie and enjoy. And I, I hope you do. Well... I think that's, that's every I think that's all folks. I think that's everything from your film girlies today. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Film Girlies podcast. We're looking forward to hearing from you and hearing your thoughts on this episode. If you have seen Asteroid City, jump into our DMs, let us know what you thought about it or let us know what you've thought about every Wes Anderson film. Again, we love hearing from you guys. Do not be shy and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye bye.